Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's the Five Times podcast with me, Neil Meller, in LA's in Greasby. A reminder to check out the Five Times website or indeed on Twitter at Five Times for all the latest news and events going on. Maybe to book or see a former player. It's been a great week for Liverpool with victories against Chelsea and Derby. We have on the podcast for you former Red John Arnaris is still playing. He talks about the left-back position. Ray Houghton, part of one of the most flamboyant Liverpool sides in history. His take on the current side. A great week for the academy as well with another player making his debut. We hear from former Liverpool youth coach Hugh McCauley. Special guest this week, he needs no introduction. We speak to Jamie Carragher shortly. And to finish the podcast off, we hear from former Hull captain Ian Ashby, who tells us what to expect when Hull turn up at Anfield this weekend. October 6th, Cardiff, Fowler, Haman, Makatea. October 7th, Fowler, Haman, Makatea. York, October 13th. Rush and Fowler, Birmingham, October 13th. Barnes, Garcia, Makatea. Glasgow, October 14th. Barnes, Garcia, Aldridge. And brand new, the story of the treble season. With McAllister, Smicer and Fowler, it's in London on December 8th. A huge welcome to the Five Times podcast to a man we see regularly on Sky Sports now and We'll never forget how great he was in a Liverpool shirt. I'm delighted to say joining us our special guest, Jamie Carragher. Cara, you there? Yeah, you're okay, Mels? I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, all good. Good. Cara, it's been a decent start from Liverpool with some impressive performances and results. What's impressed you about Liverpool this season? Well, I I think uh, the fact, I think, at the start of the season, I think when Jürgen Klopp had, had made his signs, the club had done the business, there was still a lot of People may be slightly disappointed uh, in what we'd done. Mm. That's certain areas hadn't been fulfilled. But Jürgen Klopp is totally the opposite of that and completely backed this team. Was very positive about them. Maybe as you'd expect from a manager. But he was the one, especially after the Burnley game as well, uh, when a lot of people, uh, you know, myself included, were very sort of downbeat about maybe the chances going forward and, and how, how good the squad and the team looked. Uh, to you know, to challenge for the title or challenge for the top four, and he sort of really believed in it. And at this early stage, look, he's been proven right in terms of you know the opposition that we've played, the tough games that we've had. We've only had one game at home, so at this moment, I think it's been a fantastic start. You just imagine that you know Jurgen Klopp and what he's been saying in the press, he's actually feeding that to the players and giving that belief of of how good they are, and they're going onto the pitch and showing it. Mm, looking at the the result last weekend against Chelsea, you were there on the Friday night sofa with uh, a few of your mates, and excellent victory. How much did you think we deserved it? Oh, we thoroughly deserved it. I don't think we've been fortunate in. Like, I can't think of any game this season that, that we've won in the league. Uh, I think we were unfortunate uh, in the, in the Tottenham game. I think we should have won that game. Mm-hmm. I think Burnley was the one where you know we didn't perform. Burnley deserved to win. Uh, but I think all the other games that we've played, I think there's no one can come off the pitch and say we've been lucky and fortunate. And we, we, we've sneaked one. I think we've thoroughly outplayed the teams that we've played at tough venues. Obviously, most of them away from home. Uh, and Chelsea was no different. Uh, and straight from the start, first whistle, we looked completely on top in their backyard. And I think you know Chelsea had a 10-15 minute spell when they got the goal just after half-time and you thought maybe if they get back into the game as that's been a problem for us and Arsenal and Tottenham conceding late goals and uh, they'd come back but no the lads held out and uh, another deserved victory Does, I mean some of the stuff they've played this season it's been entertaining it's been exciting to watch what do you think some of the main strengths are with this current Liverpool side? Well there's no doubt about it I think we're devastating on the counter-attack I think Mane's certainly helped that I think there was there was signs of that last season in terms of uh, you know how difficult Liverpool are to play against when the opposition have the ball, we win it back and we go very quickly. I think you can see that in the first two goals, especially mm. in the Leicester game, how quickly we go from back to front, but with quality football. I think reminiscent of, of 
you know, the signs we saw Jurgen Klopp producing in Borussia Dortmund, and that's what they were. They were about playing fast football, but quality football, penetrating. And I think we're, we're as good as anyone uh, in the league at that. I think still to, remains to be answered is the. I wouldn't say so much problems at the back. I think Matip has come in and done really well. He's been mm. fantastic. He's now got the question mark about the the goalkeeper whether Carriers comes in at some stage. I'm sure he will at some stage. That's I think why he's bought him. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine it to be this weekend. But uh, I still think we can improve there. I don't think we've maybe if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've kept a clean sheet yet in the league. No, uh, and that's something I'll have to change going forward if we want to you know continue that the run that we're on. Well, before I ask you about that defensive situation, how many takes did it take for you to? beat Marnie on that race <laughs> <laughs> well it, it could only take one, one take because I've been doing it after one race against them but uh, no he was he was good he was, he was a good sport I think everyone seems to have taken to him Marnie the way he plays and, and the way he plays with a smile on his face and the energy he puts into games he's, he's certainly like that off the pitch as well and it, it, it was great I think it went down well uh, and he seems like a really good character really humble uh, down to air type of lad, and that's exactly what you wanted. I'm not even going to mention that finish where you put it in the stands. But anyway, let's move <laughs> on to uh, defensively. I mean, you mentioned that already about no clean sheet. You know, we've been devastating going forward. But how much of a concern will it be that we haven't had a clean sheet so far? Well, it's a slight concern. You've also got to take into uh, account the opposition. We're playing top quality opposition uh, for almost every game that we've played in the league, uh, the real top end. So it's very difficult to keep clean sheets. When you're talking about coming up against the, you know some of the best attacking players in the league, I think for the majority of the game of Tottenham and uh, Chelsea, we actually defended uh, defended very well. It's just one chance, and he seemed to score. It wasn't that you know the goalkeeper uh, Mignolet was was pulling off all kinds of saves. Uh, so we're actually as a team, I think we are defending well, but it just seems that when the opposition get a chance, they seem to be putting it away. I mean, Arsenal was, was slightly different. They got the three goals, uh, but no, I'm, I'm sure with time. You know, Matip and Lovren maybe going forward as a partnership. I think it'll be uh, it'll be a lot better. And the more this team plays together, there's still new players integrating into the team. Milner's still getting used to playing left back as well. So, I think there are signs that it's improving uh, defensively. It's just nice, as I know, playing in there to keep that clean sheet because mm. uh, that's like, as you say, like you getting goals, isn't it? That's yeah. what you want to do. Yeah, but you mentioned there about partnerships. We're seeing that Matip and Lovren are doing very well at the moment. How important is that as as a former centre half to to get a partnership there? It's it's massive. You can build on that. I mean, I always remember something Ronnie Moran used to say when I, when I first joined. He said, you know, if your two centre backs play well, no matter how everyone else plays, you've got a chance of winning a game. And I think he's right. Uh, if, if if your two centre backs build a partnership, don't get too many injuries, can play week in week out. You can build from that. Uh, it's something to uh, you know build your back four on. Maybe getting clean sheets, and then at times as as we know when we play, you need a or Fernando Torres or Michael Owen Robbie Fowler whoever it may be they can nick you a goal and you can win games because how well Liverpool have started the season it, it's impossible to continue in that vein of form you can't play like that every week you know, they've been fantastic form but there's going to be times when they need to play poorly and win and nick games 1-0 and uh, as I said a lot of that comes from your centre-backs uh, well look talking about centre-halves a man Sacco hasn't featured this season what's he got to do to get back into Jürgen's plans who is that sorry Sacco, what's he got to do to get back in the manager's plans? Behave himself by the sounds of it. I don't know what's gone on. It. I think it's been more off the pitch than actually on the pitch, really, because I think he, he did okay second half of last season of the Jürgen. I'm sure the manager wasn't happy about the situation towards the end of last season where, you know, him and Lovren were making a great partnership and he ends up missing out on the Europa League final. But he's come back and obviously things have gone on. But, I mean, I think it might be difficult for him to come back, to be honest, uh, there was talk of him going on loan, whether that was with a view to moving him on or in terms of what the manager said fitness-wise, who knows. I think we'll probably find out a bit more maybe around January time if he does look to, to move Sacco on or he does integrate him back into the team because uh, it's OK saying getting his fitness back, but where's he going to play? When's he going to get that fitness back? Yeah, I just wonder about the 23s. Would he, would he have a game there? Seeing Lucas have a game there, get himself back involved? Yeah, but I just I just don't know how he comes into the sort of first team. Of course, he can play in the reserves and those type of games give you a bit of fitness but I don't think he's really going to come in now and take sort of the two centre-backs places we're playing now maybe even Clavan uh, you look at the the, the Carlin Cup game you've now got Spurs which is a huge game against yeah. top opposition so you know it seems like he, he missed his chance maybe in the first two rounds of the Cup really against maybe lesser opposition where you can sort of bed yourself in wanted to ask you about the left-back role Murray now started the season they've been vocal about your assessment with him but I'm looking at Milner who's filled that position 
you've played there yourself as a right right footed player in left foot, but how difficult is it to adjust and, and be in that role when you're right footed? I made it look easy, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, but how tough is it? I mean, Milner hasn't played there before and he's doing extremely well. Yeah, I think he's done very well. Uh, I think at times he's played right back in his career, not a lot. Um, it is difficult at times when you find yourself in a situation where you're on your left foot, not your strongest foot. Uh, but you've got to be clever enough, and I think he's experienced enough, James Mill, to put yourself in positions where you don't have to use your left foot. Maybe you go even wider than normal to receive the ball, so you have to go inside on your right foot. Uh, I think the way Liverpool play, there's not normally a, a, sort of a player outside them, Coutinho or Firmino, whoever it may be on that, those plays tucked in. So it's nice there sometimes maybe to feed balls, you cut inside on your right foot and you can find them between the lines. He's not really having to get the ball on his left foot, open up and, and fire it out to a wide player because there's not normally anyone there. He normally is mm. uh, the wide player. I think in, in difficult games it's maybe easier because you, probably possession's 50-50. I think the Burnley one was a problem for him when he had a lot of the ball finding himself in left-wing positions because of how wide players like to tuck in so much. And, and then it is a problem because you keep cutting in on your right foot. It's difficult for strikers to, to make runs off that. Uh, and that is the one problem. And maybe there's a, there's a run of games now after the fixtures we've had that were very tough, that may be easier on paper where Liverpool will have a lot more possession. Milner will find himself more in left-wing positions than, than left-back positions. So that may be something to look for going forward. Yeah, looking at the the result against Derby in the League Cup midweek, it was a comfortable win. Uh, thought the the performance was excellent. Seven changes. Klopp said he wants to win the competition. How important a competition do you think it is for Liverpool? It's very important. Uh, I think it's it's more important than at Europe. And then there's there's only two cup competitions to go for. Liverpool very rarely will play midweek games now because of that situation in Europe. So there's no excuse not to really go full strength at times because our, our players on the back of last year. And when you play for a big club, you're used to playing three games a week. So to do that every two or three weeks, I don't think is a problem. So I expect Liverpool to have a you know a right go at the the competition. And the draws a tough draw, but it could have been a lot worse. Uh, you know, playing away from home at one of the top three or four teams who were left in it would have been more difficult. You're playing Tottenham; the game has to be finished on the night, so mm. it's extra time. It's you know you're playing at home, and with Tottenham being in Europe, I don't think they could probably go as strong with their. Uh, with their 11 and Liverpool can, so I fully expect us still to get through. Moving on to Hull this weekend then, what sort of game are you expecting at Anfield? Well, it's a game I expect, I expect Liverpool to win. I think it's a game we, we had problems with at times over the last couple of years. Teams we were expected to beat at Anfield, I still think that's a question mark against us. I think the, the performance against Leicester was outstanding. I was there uh, with the new stand and it was sort of a great day. And But you know that sort of, it's not going to be there every week, that sort of feeling of, on the new stand and, and, and all Jürgen's still asking for great atmospheres and he's right and you think the extra 8,500 will, will maybe suck a few more goals than that we've had in the last uh, couple of seasons but up to the players on the pitch to perform the same perform the way that they're doing and I fully expect Liverpool if they, if they match the uh, the exploits they've had in the last few weeks they'll, they'll come out with uh, comfortable winners You were at the Burnley game it was obviously a disappointing result below par performance but since then things have turned up do you think they can learn from that sort of performance, knowing that that sort of thing can't happen again if, if we are to want to go and achieve a really successful season. Yeah, I mean, you know that straight after the game doesn't mean that's not going to happen again. Uh, I think very important in those games is you, we always think of offensively what we're going to do to this team and we need to get a goal, we need to open them up. Sometimes you need to think the other way and I think sometimes think, well, OK, make sure they don't score because when a team like that scores, they have so many men behind the board, it's very, very difficult then to to get back into the game, as we saw at Burnley. Sometimes it's about not making mistakes, be patient and wait for your chance. And sometimes, as we know, in the second half, the game opens up when a team are tight, very defensive. First half, it's very difficult to find any space anywhere on the pitch. They're getting behind them, between the lines, whatever it may be. It's, uh, I think it's important to be very patient in the games and make sure you don't make mistakes yourself. You were always a leader, vocal on the pitch. What have you made of Jordan Henderson as the skipper? Well, to be honest, I mean, I know Jordan gets a little bit of criticism and a lot of it's thrown about him being captain. But when he was made captain, I think two or three years old, there was no no one else. He had to be the captain, and rightly so. Uh, there's no one else in the squad now I look at and think should take the armband off Jordan Henderson. I think he didn't have his best season last season, but he wasn't fully fit. No. I think the year before, I think he did very well. He was one of our best players. I think the year before that, when we almost won the title, 
he was very, very important in, in the side going so close. So mm. I think this season, I think we'll start seeing sort of more of what we've expected of Henderson of the couple of years before rather than last year when he wasn't fit. And the injury I, he had last season, I had that towards the end under under Kenny when you get injections, you know, an half an hour before the, the game to go out and play in, in, in your heel. Plantar fascia, I think it, it was. Yeah. And uh, no, it's not easy. It's, it's painfully on your mind. And uh, I think he's been outstanding form. There's been question marks both in playing the holding role. You think that's the earmark for Emery Chan when he comes back, and I still expect that to be the case. But I think he's done fantastically well in there, and it's where when Emery Chan comes back, if 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 Jordan can play maybe a slightly different position, or whether he he stays in that position. Yeah, well, well Chan Chan Drewitch, they were both a number of the changes made against Derby, who did, who did very well midweek. I just wonder. With the competition for places this weekend against Hull, what does Jurgen do? I mean, Sturridge, he's had a little bit of a knock. Maybe that's an excuse to take him out of the side and, and maybe bring Firmino in. Not expecting too many changes. What do you reckon? Well, it's a difficult one because maybe in the past you could say, well, let's bring Coutinho above Firmino in the number 10 position, leave Sturridge up front playing Hull at home. He still may do that, but he seems to have gone more for a 4-3-3 this season and played that every game as if like, it's a, a set formation now. Mm. Uh, that Liverpool played three central midfielders with Wijnaldum, Jordan, and uh, just forgot who, who took down on the right. I completely forgot. Mane. No, he's on the right wing. Come on, know your football. Now. <laughs> right wing, Christ. Mane. Adam Lallana, being our best player. Uh, so that that'll be interesting what he does. Uh, I mean, eventually, Coutinho. Well, I say eventually. I mean, Coutinho's been our best player the last couple of years. I expect him to play. I know the manager loves Firmino as well, and I think he's been in great form. So you always feel when everyone's fit, it, it feels like Daniel Sturridge would be the one to miss out at times, which maybe is is harsh considering how he performed against Leicester and he playing Hull at home, similar type of game. But I think the way to get them all in is maybe to leave one of the midfield players out. But then you look at that, and that looks quite difficult because I think Lallana and Jordan Henderson maybe as a two. Isn't what you'd normally have as a, as a midfield too, really. But listen, that's that's the manager's choice. That's what he gets paid for, and that's uh, that's what it's like playing in a big club. Yeah, good to have those options for a change and a bit of a problem for Jurgen. Right, come on. What game are you watching at the weekend? I'm doing Man United Leicester at uh, half twelve kickoff, so I won't be able to get to Anfield. I'll listen to the radio on the way home, and I'll then watch Arsenal Chelsea or Chelsea Arsenal whoever's at home, and then I've got Monday night football. Burnley Watford. Who's your guest? Sure you Have you got along for your guest Monday? You're uh, not allowed to say. When's this going out? <laughs> Tomorrow. Let, put it this way: I think Liverpool fans will be quite pleased. Okay. Interesting. Stevie G getting a flight over. Right, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for for that, and uh, have a good weekend. Cheers, Karen. Cheers, lads. Cheers, boys. This is the Five Times Podcast, hosted by Neil Meller at Ellie's in Greasby. Okay, delighted to say after Jamie Carragher, we're joined by John Arnarisa here on the Five Times Podcast. Ginge, you're still making the headlines over here, even though you're not playing. Yeah, I've noticed that, so um, but we'll leave you with that, don't we? Okay, <laughs> what are you up to these days? I've been in pre-season for a month now with my uh, new team in India, so i just got a few days. Chennai FC, so um, they won the league last year, so it's quite you know interesting to be with the champions and hopefully we can retain the title. Okay, looking at Liverpool this season, what have you made of them? Uh, you know, it's looking strong. Uh, you can see the players are really getting to know uh, Klopp even more, what he wants from them, and they're working as a team, fighting, running a lot, and uh, you know they're, they're playing as a team, and uh, I'm quite enjoying the last few games. Liverpool have won five from the first seven games this season. When you watched the pre-season game against Barcelona at Wembley, could you have imagined back then, even though that was an excellent performance, how well the start would be considering how tough the opposition is? To be honest, you know, uh, the Barcelona game, I was at the stadium. And, uh, you know, even though Barcelona didn't play as good as it could, I could see some good signs. But then again, I was expecting Liverpool to have a tough start of the season with all the opposition they played. But, you know, they proved me wrong and they played really good. And... They're looking strong, so um, you know I'm liking what I'm seeing. Yeah, Liverpool have been entertaining. 19 goals from 10 different players so far this season, compared to last season with just five. Do you think that's been one of the main differences for Liverpool, the attacking player and goal scored? Yeah, of course. And you can, you know, we have so many goal scorers. You can see they're playing as a team. You know, doesn't matter who scores the goals, uh, who gives the assist. They're just playing as a team. Want to score goals and want to win the games. And uh, I've been quite happy with the way they're performing. And you can see it's really a team fighting spirit now in the team and I'm, I'm loving it and 
it's looking good at the moment. I'm hoping it can continue like this. You mentioned there about the team and, and the togetherness. Certainly, Jurgen Klopp has brought that to Liverpool. But what do you make of his relationship so far with the fans at Anfield? <laughs> you know, I think uh, all the fans want to see his commitment. You know, and uh, putting the effort in and working hard and showing that they love the, to win. They love the hate to lose, and they want to give everything. And as long as you give that to the fans, you know they're gonna love you. And uh, he's doing that at the moment. And uh, I think with the new stadium up there as well, the new stands is looking good. So. I think this season can be very interesting for all the supporters and players of the Liverpool Football Club. I quite enjoy Jurgen Klopp when you're celebrating after the game, hugging all the players differently. After. I look at you, Ginger, and I think you'd be probably giving him a piggyback or something. You'd be all over him, wouldn't you? <laughs> you know, I would love to play under him, to be honest. You know, he's, he's that kind of manager who shows emotions, both in a good and a bad way. Uh, but he supports his players, he's always smiling. Well, that's what we've seen from the outside. I don't know what he does in the, in the dressing room, but he always shows emotion to players and hugging them and, and giving high fives. And, you know, you've got to love that because then it just gives you more affection for him and want you know, to give more for him and the team. Yeah, I think that's important, isn't it? I mean, you look at modern-day players now and, and the pressure's involved, you know, the scrutiny, certainly from, from every angle, the press, the social media, it, it's tough for them. And you look at Jurgen Klopp as almost a rare manager. He's given these players confidence and, and so far, you'd have to say they're producing for him. Yeah, you know, I don't think uh, Klopp is, you know, he's, he's just, he wants to give everything for his players, you know. His players is the most important thing. He cares about them both on the pitch and off the pitch. And he, he gives them freedom, but, but at the same time, he respects them. He knows what it is to be a player. And, you know, as you said, with all the social media and the press and the, all the pressure that comes along with it, he knows what it's like. So he, he accepts people being different. And I think he enjoys it, enjoys it well, but the main thing is that he just loves his players. And, and uh, for any player who plays on the team, that's... To know when the manager does that for you, you just want to work hard for him and, and you want to give his best. You know, as long as they keep scoring the goals as they do, you know, it's not the biggest issue. But I would like to see Liverpool, you know, keeping more clean sheets and being strong at the defenders. Uh, you know, so hopefully we do that. But as long as they score as many goals as they're doing and they're winning the games, uh, you know, it's not a big problem. But I think Mr. Klopp also wants to keep more clean sheets and start with less goals. But uh, I think he's happy with the offensive, but I think he wants to be more. Uh, strong in defenders. Can't get you on without asking you about the left full-back position. It was a position that many thought we, we should have filled in the transfer window. Did you get in touch with Jurgen Klopp so you were available before you signed for that Indian side? I, I tried on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat to try to get a hold of him, but he never responded, so you know, it was hard. <laughs> now, to be honest, um, I think uh, I was expecting to sign a player at left-back, but then again, um, Milner's done a, a good job there, but he's still a right-footed player. Uh, and more like a winger, but he's doing a good job at the moment. Uh, Moreno is, I don't know, he's looking out of confidence uh, for a while now, and uh, I think he gets a lot of pressure from the outside as well, so hopefully he can turn around and come back as good as we want him to be, but uh, it's not looking good for him at the moment when you know when you have a right-footed winger playing in your position. When you said he's not looking good at the moment, I thought you mentioned about his new hairstyle, cutting his ponytail off and you're thinking, fair enough, get rid of that and then... I meant, I, meant, I meant all of it, you know, the, the haircut and I'm just joking, you know, I've done some silly... I had some silly haircuts myself during the year, so, you know, I, I'm not going to start to complain about other players, but, uh, you know, uh, I just hope that Moreno gets his confidence back because he's a good player, he's a left-footed, offensive uh, left-back, but... He's been caught out of position too many times in big games and it's been costing the team and let them concede goals. And uh, you can't do it at the highest level time and time again. So hopefully uh, being on the bench and having this pressure from Milner will give him the boost to work even harder and improve. But uh, he needs to step it up at the moment. Usual though to see a right-footed player playing at left fullback. We saw John Flanagan play that position when Liverpool came close to winning the league. We spoke to Cara a little bit earlier and he mentioned he did so well in that left fullback position. You know, perhaps looking at James Milner, he's an intelligent player. Trust him out there on the pitch. And, you know, how well do you think he has done, even though he's left footed playing in that left full back position? No, you, you said, you know, Milner is a very intelligent player. You know, he knows, he's learning quickly, he knows he's good in positioning. Uh, and even though he has an okay left foot, uh, you know, he, he, the most important thing is he's always in good position. And he's, he's, he's a tackler, he runs a lot, he's fighting for his team. That's the most important thing. And, like you said, Kara played you know, left-back with his right foot, even though his left foot was also good. But then again, when I came, he had to move over because I was left foot and, and better that position. I'm just joking, Kara. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so Milner's done well. Uh, and, you know, 
club trusts him, uh, the, the fans trust him, and the players trust him. And obviously, he's has the confidence to play there himself. So, uh, I think Milner can keep playing that for the whole season if if something doesn't happen with injuries and uh, his form is slipping. Well, interesting. I was going to ask you that. I was going to say, is Milner the main man all season, or anyway back for Moreno? Do you think, or is it Milner's until he until he gets injured? No, I think I think Moreno has a, you know uh, he will be fighting. Uh, you know, uh, even you know looking at Klopp didn't buy a left back to touch him, and that proves that he's trusting Milner and Moreno because those are the two left backs at the moment. So I think Klopp trusts Moreno to come back to his, his best form and learn and improve. So. But at the moment, Milner is playing well. He's not injured. Uh, he's fit, so he will be playing if he keeps going like this. But then again, many games coming up could be injured, suspensions, and then Moreno, Moreno needs to be ready. And I think he will be. John, still adored by so many Liverpool fans. Many will be interested to know. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. That contract with the Indian side. What is next for you? Short-term contract there? Well, the, the season only lasts to, to December, so uh, I have a mission now. I'm going to go to India, play hopefully 17 games there, uh, and I'm going to change my, my body completely. And so I, I'm doing some extra training. I'm going to change my body and hopefully get into tip-top shape, even better than I've always been before. And when January comes, you never, you never know. I'm just going to stay fit and hopefully play well in India again and see what happens. But um, I got that passion back to work hard and I'm, I'm keen on playing and keep playing again well we'll look forward to seeing some of those left foot rockets going in Ginger we wish you all the best thanks for joining us thank you very much thank you to see a legend near you check out the events page on our websites fivetimes.co.uk okay another fantastic guest joining us on the five times podcast delighted to say Ray Houghton is joining us hello Ray how you doing boys very good First of all, let's get started. What have you made of Liverpool this season? Uh, I think they've been decent. Um, I've seen a couple of games. I was at uh, the Emirates when they beat Arsenal 4-3. And the spells were brilliant going forward. Absolutely superb. Yeah, I think with Liverpool this season, what we're going to be saying more often than not is if Liverpool defend well, they'll get results. Why? Because they'll create chances. You know, they've got game changers, match winners, if you like, in the side. Mm. But I think the team, not just defensively, but I think all over the park, we have to make sure that we're difficult to play against. And if we do that, it could be a very, very good season. What do you think the big difference has been? I mean, last season, it seemed to be too many draws, too many points thrown away last season, whereas this season, it seems a lot more, a lot better. Well, I'll just say at the moment, Neil, we're only five league games in, so I'm going to just reserve a little bit of judgment on that. I think what we have to do is really look at the next 10 league games. I was looking through mm. the fixtures earlier and Liverpool, apart from the game against Manchester United, have got games where you probably think to yourself, if you're going to be a team challenging not only for the top four, but to try and win the title this season, there's a lot of big matches coming up that you should win. You know, I was just looking at Hull coming up, then we've got West Brom, there's Crystal Palace, I've seen Swansea, and not being disrespectful to these sides, but if you're going to be a top team, these are the sides you have to be. And, you know, we have to take into account what Manchester City are doing at the moment. You know, five straight wins, they're five points ahead of Liverpool at the moment. Mm. So, to keep pace with them, you have to make sure that you're doing your job and you're winning matches. And the great thing for Liverpool, uh, in many respects, I know it'll hurt Liverpool fans that they're not in Europe, but that could be a godsend because all of a sudden you can get your concentration right, you can get the rest right, you can get your preparation right for these important games that they've got coming up. So... Your next few weeks, our next 10 games will really tell us how good Liverpool are and if they're going to be a real threat to, to winning the title. 
Yeah, there seems, certainly seems to be a lot of freshness about the side mm. at the moment. I mean, looking at the goals, 10 different players have scored. There's been 19 goals scored this season. How important is it that the contribution isn't just from the front players, but from all over the pitch? Well, usually important. You know, if you're going to win the league and if you're going to be a real team to fear, to be feared, then you're going to have to look to score from all different positions. You know, I'm, I'm sure the manager, as we used to do, you know, they used to put numbers on it, you know, the back four will be looking for 15 goals, 20 goals this season from, you know, when you go up there for set plays, make sure you mm-hmm. attack the ball. Same with midfielders, not only can you score goals, but how many are you going to assist with as well? And, you know, the strikers will take care of themselves as long as you're creating chances for them. And that's what Liverpool look like they're going to do. But they've got hungry players. That's one of the things I've noticed about, you know, there's a determination about them, a belief about them. I think also there's a depth to them, maybe much more so this season than last. I think, you know, there is certainly competition for places. And it's all over the park from the goalkeeper right up to the strikers. You know, we've got virtually two players for every position. And it's like for like. It's not as if, you know, if you lose two or three players, you're thinking, oh, we might be in trouble because the depth isn't there and, and the other players aren't good enough to clear out. And, you know, I think uh, Jürgen's obviously got the players that he wanted in. He's been working well with them. He's got into their mindset what's required from them as players. He knows what he wants as a manager. And the players are showing it so far. You know, the only blip Liverpool have had was Burnley, mm. where I mean, you couldn't believe that 81% position. <laughs> you have all them chances, you have all them shots at goal, but you don't convert any of them and you end up losing the match. But apart from that, you know, it's been very good. You know, great result against Chelsea. That was absolutely huge. Coming down to Tottenham, when Tottenham were on form and getting a draw there, and it could easily have been all three points. I mean, a lot of good signs, but I think now the lads are playing with momentum, confidence, real belief, and also a knowledge of what the manager wants from them. Yeah, and you mentioned the depth there and the players coming in. Seven changes were made in a potentially really tough game against Derby. Whilst they're not going well in the Championship, it was a cup tie. The fans were certainly up for it, but we, we absolutely demolished them 3-0 and it was a comfortable victory. Seven changes, you know, the feel-good factor is certainly there at Liverpool at the moment. Well, the thing is, Neil, you know, when you're out of the team, you, <laughs> you want to get into it. So the best way to do that is to show the manager what you can do when you get your chance, you know, and that's what's happening. You know, the, the manager will have in mind a, a core amount of players that you'll want to play uh, in the big games, but also he, he knows that at some stage he's going to have to freshen things up. He's going to have to give people their opportunity. He wants to keep them, you know, on their toes and, and ready, and that seems to be the case at the moment. You know, the lads are, I'm sure, enjoying training, enjoying playing, just can't for the next, wait for the next match to come up. Um, and it all starts again against Hull City. You know, they've, they've, they've picked up some good points against good sides, but where you're really tested is against the teams that might be in mid-table or, or at the bottom of the league. They'll be fighting and scrapping for every point in the season, and you have to be better than them. So this is where Liverpool are going to, you know, make sure that they're really focused in the upcoming fixtures that they've got. It's, it's been a great week. You mentioned the result against Chelsea, the mm-hmm. result against Derby as well in the League Cup. It's quite refreshing to hear Jurgen Klopp saying he wants to win the League Cup quite unusual perhaps for some of the top managers to come out and say that. How refreshing for you was that that he did? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's more refreshing when he came to the club and says he wants to win the Premier League within four years. That was it for me because we've been waiting far too long. You know, as Liverpool fans and ex-players, there's, there's an expectation. You know, they've, they've done it for so many years back in the 80s and the fans want to see their back up their beating and hopefully that's what Jürgen can bring and it's not just about you know the league obviously I mean he had a, a really good run in the League Cup last season losing to Manchester City in the final the Europa League final like why so you know he's been there he, he, he's a winner have a look at his career wherever he's been you know he knows what it takes and he puts demands on his players and I think with no European football uh, uh, Liverpool have got every right to attack the cup competitions with the League Cup and the FA Cup and give it their best you know their best chance to, to try and win it I mean that's where the fans want to be they want to compete and they want trophies he wants trophies and the, the players want trophies and you know the, 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 you don't know what you're going to do that's by winning matches yeah, one of those changes from in the derby game was Marco Gruic, who I thought was absolutely outstanding. Still a very young man, and mm. Jurgen Klopp was speaking very highly about him after the game. What about you? What have you made of his arrival? Yeah, I've seen one of his uh, pre-season friendlies against Fleetwood, and I was impressed by him. I mean, he's a he's a man mountain of a of a, of a player, isn't he? He's absolutely huge. Huge. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, he's and also, but he's 
he's, he's fairly feisty. You know, he, you know, I, I like that about him. He puts his foot in. He's not afraid to go into areas where he, he might get hurt. You know, I'm talking about in the 18 yard box. He's, mm. He wants to get in there. He wants to score goals. Um, he's, he's a decent finisher. I, I think uh, the more games he plays, the better he'll become. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm not surprised that he's settled in. And sometimes it can take you a little while. You know, some players settle in much quicker than others. Look at Manny and how quickly he's settled at Liverpool. He's been absolutely sensational. And I think Grouch has, has, has done well, and I think he'll do better as the season goes on because. You never know we injury suspensions, one thing or another. That's when you have to utilise your squad as best you can. And I think he'll be a player, uh, maybe even the second half of the season, when required, come on and he'll do some sterling work for the club. Yeah, well, a midfielder who is enjoying this season, Jordan Henderson, scored an absolute screamer down at Stamford Bridge. Mm. He's contributed an awful lot already this season. 324 passes he's completed this season. That is more than any other Premier League player. 67% of them have been forward. What have you made of him this season? Yeah, I mean, I think Jordan got a, you know, got a, it was a bit hasty with people's judgment of him last season because you've got to remember, he picked up so many injuries. I don't think he had a real run where you would turn around and say, yeah, that's the real Jordan Henderson. You know, he, I think he was playing injured he was, and he wasn't, you know, obviously he wasn't happy with that. The manager wasn't happy with that, but maybe at some stage he was forced to play him and maybe came back a bit early when he wasn't quite right. But it seems that he's had a good pre-season. Um, you know, he's got his head down. He's the captain of Liverpool. He knows what's expected of him and he has to perform to a level. You know, you just can't get your position just because you were the captain. You have to be out there performing and I think that's what he's doing. Now we're seeing the Jordan Henderson that we've seen two seasons ago when he was going plenty of goals, assisting in goals, you know, and, and being a, a really solid performer and a consistent performer game in, game out and just hope and pray that he keeps fit, you know, because that's the thing with Jordan. He's a, you know, he's one of them lads, he's a competitive lad, so there's got to be occasions where he's going to pick up injuries, but you're just hoping that, that, that that's not going to be the case for a wee while now that he's going to be in there settling in with the, the, with the new lads that have come in all over the over the park, and he's getting used to their game. They're getting used to his game, and I'm sure everything will, you know, work out well. But it was a, a massive goal against Chelsea. I mean, mm. it's a superb goal, great finishing. Uh, you know, he just showed what a character he is, and I think the way that the players responded to him when he scored was tremendous. A Premier League midfielder not getting much game time is Yaya Torre at Manchester City. I just wonder what you thought about him allowing his agent to interfere the way he is creating all these headlines at the moment. Well, nothing surprises me. Football today, you know, it really doesn't. You know, that's just one of the unfortunate things where, you know, players have got a, a lot more power today than they ever had. You know, they, when they're not happy, you know, they'll, they'll tell the manager. I mean, I've had a lot of stories of players coming out and saying, you know, when the manager's a goal, well, I won't play Saturday or I won't play Sunday. You know, it, it's like I'm not, I'm not bothered that it should. I'm not saying that about Yaya. I'm just talking about what I've heard with other players. Mm. But Yaya Terry's been, listen, he's been a fantastic uh, player for uh, Manchester City. He's been well compensated for his time that he's earned, the amount of money that he's earned. But, you know, the manager's come in and a bit like Joe Hart, he's made a decision. That's the manager's job. You know, he has to affect his team. He has to have a plan in mind where he sees the club going and he's going to make big decisions. And unfortunately, there's going to be some players who are not going to be happy. And at the moment, it's Yaya Toure and he's Asian. But it's unfortunate. But I've seen it happen at other clubs. You know, there's been problems at Swansea, isn't there? A couple of players who... You know, Key, who wasn't happy being brought off. I think Neil Taylor, likewise, wasn't happy being brought off. But that's the manager's job. He has to make big decisions in games that's going to affect the match and get the, the, the performance that he needs and the role that he needs. Right, fantastic. Let's finish with Hull then. What are you expecting ahead of this one? Well, how will it be difficult? You know, because they've had a decent start to the season. Maybe they're playing on a, a, a bit of hype at the moment. You know, there obviously there's a lot of problems behind the scenes uh, that we are not privy to, but we, we sort of know that there's some things going on there that aren't quite right. Uh, they'll come and have a go at Liverpool, there's no doubt, but I think Liverpool would just be far too strong. As long as they don't go into the game thinking this is going to be easy. You know, you have to respect your opposition who you're playing against and then go out and match their energy, match their commitment and their attitude and then Liverpool's better ability will come out. There's no doubt Liverpool have got much more match winners than Hull City and this is the test. You know, it's one thing beating Chelsea and then you get through midweek in the, the, the League Cup against Derby but you have to back it up and you back it up with a good, strong performance against Hull. Now, you don't have to win it 4-5. No, you're not putting down any markers that way. Look at us, we're a great team. We're going to score those goals. What we have to do is affect the game, make sure that we're nice and disciplined defensively, responsible in certain areas of the field, and then in that final third, where we've had a lot of possession of the ball, make sure that we're getting enough shots that go 
goal and create enough chances to score the goals that are going to win the game. I think it will be, uh, as I say, a, a difficult game, but one I fully expect Liverpool to win. Let's hope so. Ray, many thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Neil. Coming soon to a city near you, the Liverpool Legends. For more information and ticket prices, check out our websites, fivetimes.co.uk. OK, we're now joined on the Five Times podcast by someone who knows all there is to know about bringing young talent through a man who's contributed so much in helping develop players at Liverpool. My former youth coach, Hugh McCauley. H, great to have you on. Thanks, Neil. Hope you're well. Are you well? Yeah, all good. Thanks for joining us. A great week for the academy to see another graduate make his first team debut. Ovia Ajaria did that in the League Cup at Derby. How good for the academy is that? It's fantastic for the academy. Isn't it? Every time a, a young player makes his debut for the first team, it's a, it's a real feather in the cap for everybody who works at the academy, from the coaches right down. Obviously, the academy director, all these coaches, his staff that work there. Everybody gets a boost. That's a, bo- it's, that's a bonus, isn't it? Every time someone from the academy puts on that red shirt and steps over the line, for the proper game, and uh, and obviously I did that the other night, and and everybody will be absolutely thrilled for him. Uh, I will be myself because he's made excellent progress and deserved that opportunity. As a, as a youth coach yourself, many years at Liverpool, you've seen so many breakthrough into the first team. How pr- proud a moment was that for you when you, you know all the hard work that's been gone on on the training ground, and then that's what you want to see them doing, progressing through and making that first team debut. So as a coach, how, how proud is that for you? Yeah, it is, and, and it's it's the icing on the cake, if you like, for the coach. Because you're working that as you would. They're not they're not overpaid coaches. You don't earn tremendous salaries if you like. We all love obviously everyone has to earn their money. But at the end of the day, the real bonus for the coaches is seeing one of the lads make it all the way after that long hard slog. Years and years of coaching, of hoping that you're going to get a lad that's going to play in the first team. And when it happens. It really is the icing on the cake and it's the rewards for the coaches, for the scouts who brought him in, for everybody and uh, and that's what you live for as a coach. Yeah, well, the academy, the 23s, it's changed the 23s this season. Battered Leicester 4-0, three up against Spurs inside eight minutes, won the game eventually 6-2. How bright are things, do you think, at the academy at the moment? Well, they're looking very good and, and, and obviously that's down to the ability of the players. The the great work that the coaches are doing with them at the moment. Uh, they've got a, they've got a fantastic program there. There's a most important thing for me has shown that he's willing to play these lads if they show that real potential and uh, and he'll give them a game. He'll watch them closely in training. He'll bring them down. A lot of them train at Marwood on a regular occasion. So he's well in touch with what he needs to do with part of the development of those of those young players. And I think we're starting to see the the dividend and the real bonus of that integration between the academy and the first team people at Moward and everybody is hands-on, everybody's a, a valid and excellent contribution. And long may it continue. The, the challenge, of course, is to is to get somebody playing in our first team regularly, regularly. I know Kev Stewart's uh, part of that squad now and he's come on and played a, little, a couple of little cameos and a job. He has now made a debut, so you want that. You don't want that to continue. You want them to get more playing time in future, and uh, and that's what we all want to see. Lads coming through from the academy, challenging basically international players for places in Liverpool's first team. One of those players who was exceptional at Spurs the other night was Ben Woodburn. He's only sixteen. He's, he's a young talent. Really like him. You know, how do you as a coach help such a young talent to stay focused, avoiding the distractions, and and keep improving? Well, I think you keep him on the straight and narrow. You talk to him. Sometimes, if through my experience, uh, the, the talking doesn't have to be complimentary all the time. Although that needs to be endorsed. Also, they also need to be told the home, the home truth. You got to be. I, I can vouch for that age. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because as a coach, you tell it the way it is, and unfortunately, any player, and particularly the ones who you who you rate highly above some of the others, have to be told and. Uh, and that's part of the game because a coach can tell you, and, and fifty odd thousand people can tell you, and you need to be you need to be ready for that, and you need to go through those little barriers if you like, which I went through, funny enough, as a young player at Liverpool as an apprentice, with the likes of Ronnie Moran and these type of people, uh, always told you the way it was, always kept you grounded. Yes, they've got ability and they've got talent. They always made sure your attitude was correct and uh, and kept you focused on what you had to do in the game. I like Ben Woodburn because he, he showed me last season against um, Manchester United under-18 level. 
he was that was one of his first games and he did very, very well in that game. The extended youth cup run last year helped him tremendously. And uh, and even likes of uh, Trent Trent Alexander Arnold to come on and do well at that level. Consequently, they've gone on, they've played pre-season games at first-team level and made a good impression and now are both doing well at, at 23 level as youngsters and two players who can and can still play in the uh, in the youth team. I don't know if that's one of them ringing you in the background, but <laughs> one of those players is Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's training full-time at Melwood. You know, you, you've seen that progression from academy to the first-team level of training. How beneficial is that for these young players? It's, it's very beneficial. They need... They need to train with the with the first team. Uh, in the early days, in the early days when we used to work at Melwood as a full group with the first team, we'd often send players over very quickly. If 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 the manager wanted a player in those days, we were yards away, and the young players got a chance to go and join the first team straight away, and uh, and that's the way it was. And we knew the, the players inside out, and also was every player. Nowadays, because there is that four-mile difference in, in the locations, it's a programme that's worked out. It's, it's a regular programme of players going to Melwood. So the, the coaches at Melwood know all the academy players and work with them on a regular basis, and that's the way it should be. They've got to bridge that gap with the travel, and they, they do it very well now with the programme that they have. And, uh, and that development programme is in place with, with the academy coaches and the and the coaches at Melwood, which is which is fine, which is fine, and they'll get real good experience being involved at that level with those players for sure. It's only right to finish with the mini derby. It comes around this weekend, under 18s Liverpool v Everton. Used to really enjoy playing it. Not so much hearing your voice on the touchline, but how how, how important do you think it is for a young player's development to see this fixture? Because a couple of years ago they didn't even play this fixture, and, but now it's great that you know it comes around again. Yeah, these are the games. These are the games that. You compare your players with. It's it's a local derby. It's different from any other game. It's, you see, they're all Manchester United, Manchester City are different games. They're big games, but Liverpool Everton is a totally different game. And any level where Liverpool and Everton are involved, it may sound like another game, but it it really is a little bit more to it because you have the bragging rights. Uh, or we, everybody knows the Everton players. Everybody will know the Liverpool players, and there's a little bit more bite to it. The important thing, of course, is that you settle down very quickly and you play your football and you compete in the right way, and uh, you work your socks off. And hopefully, on the day, you can get the chances to to score goals and defend very, very well, which is needed in derby games because they do get a little bit competitive as well. And that's all part of your ability to be able to manage games at that level. And, and from my experience, and, you, and you'll know yourself, I haven't played in those games, you, you know the ones who can manage it, hopefully, and you can then move on to the next level. If you can manage that sort of game regularly and you can do well and influence the game at, at that level, then there's a fair chance you're going to do quite well at professional level too. I absolutely love hearing from you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed it. We will we will speak soon. Let's hope we turn them over in the mini derby. Yeah, look forward to it. Hey, it's brilliant. Thanks. Thank you. This is the Five Times Podcast, the voice of the ex-Liverpool players. Okay, I'm delighted to welcome a man I actually played with for a brief spell at Preston North End a few years back, Ian Ashby, very highly regarded among the Hull City supporters after huge success he had there. Ash, great to have you on the Five Times Podcast, how are you? Hi mate, how you doing? Yeah, good, good to hear from you. Let's talk about Hull then, not great preparation for the season, losing manager Steve Bruce just before the season kicked off, how would you assess the start Hull have made? Um, you know, losing Steve Bruce, I, th- I was, you know, I, I was worried what that what would happen to the club, what would happen to the, the playing side of it. Um, behind the scenes, has been a mess for 
18 months, in my opinion, living locally with the, the name change and season passes changing, etc. So um, I, I was I was slightly concerned, but you know he left and they've made a great start under uh, Mike Feeling, and then they seem to be rallying around. You know the lads come into the shop where I'm based in the middle of Hull and have a coffee, have a chat, have a look at a couple of watches, and um, they're very. Uh, you know, they're very happy with the way things are going and, you know, they only had 13 fresh fresh legs at the start of the season, so no one can grumble with the start they've made, mate. Must be getting paid well then, coming to see you for them watches. Yeah, they are, mate. <laughs> yeah, <to be> fair. <laughs> what, what was uh, amazing was obviously just promoted from the uh, Championship to the Premier League, unbeaten away this season, made eight changes against Stoke the other night in the Cup and still enough to, to progress through, grinding out a result there. Is that what's needed at Anfield this weekend to try and grind I, I, I out the performance? I think personally they're going to need a little bit more than that, mate, uh, at Anfield. Uh, it's a completely different uh, kettle of fish going somewhere like Anfield and um, just grinding results. So you're going to need a little bit of quality. I, I, I commentated for TalkSport against on the Arsenal game last week, mate, and they did start really, really bright. So um, they've got it within the in the ranks. Um, you know, they've added a few players as well. They give the, the, the scored last night, which is always going to help confidence within mm-hmm. the squad. But uh, I, I just think Liverpool's a different kettle of fish than, than going to Stoke, mate. And in, in a cup, I think a league game, it's going to be a it's going to be a difficult task to go there. But you know, it, the pressure's off them away from home. I think they'll probably relax a bit more. Mike Feeling's got them working extremely hard for each other. Uh, and there's a little bit of quality in the side as well. So you never know. It's going to be a, a, a tough task, mate, but you just never know on the day. You mentioned there, Mike, feeling he's finally been offered the, the manager's job. What have the fans made of that? Yeah, I think everyone's really, really happy, mate. Um, he's, he's served his apprenticeship, if you like, with, with good managers over the years. And mm. I think it's right and fitting that he gets the, the, the opportunity. He started really well. The lads are working extremely hard. And the, from inside the camp, they obviously want him to have the job. Finally, to finish the, off with then, Ash, what are you expecting from Hall's trip to Anfield this weekend? Oh, listen, I'm expecting a, a obviously a tough game. We're going to one of the, in my opinion, one of the, the top five clubs in, in the country. Um, you know, the pressure's off Hull. They're away from home. So hear previous podcasts, checkouts, and rate our page on iTunes. Thanks for listening. If they can frustrate Liverpool, get the crowd going slightly. You know, the last kind of 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, they might just get a corner or a free kick and just nick something like they have been doing of late, to be fair. So it's uh, it'd be an interesting one, maybe very difficult for us to, to go there and, and get a result. Well, we'll be hoping it, it won't be a frustrating. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah. performance from a Liverpool point of view but thanks for joining us we wish you all the best but but not on Saturday great great to have you on Ash